Hello and welcome to our first episode of uh, What's Happening. Uh, this will be an interesting chat. Uh, three good mates. Uh, we've all decided to uh, jump on and have a chat uh, just about life in general and seeing what's happened pre-COVID, uh, during COVID, after what we expect after COVID. Uh, so just an interesting chat about this could go anywhere. We don't even know who's going to jump on and who's going to be involved. Uh, special guest also is, uh, to chat to. So uh, what I want to start with is just a little AFL recap of what's happened during the last round or so. So um, let's get through that first. And we will, after that, have a special guest. Here we come. Starting to own this part. Good fist from Mackay. Through came Wines again. There's another one. Just like that, 46-point lead now. Two in the quarter for Ollie Wines, too. That was very, very good. Just put the foot down, haven't they? And now McLean raked it away from him. Pat Lee trying to create something. Little bounce, looks inside, hits McInerney, lace out with a ribbon on it. Just game seven for Justin McInerney. He's never kicked an AFL goal. He has now. He can put this to the top of the square with ease. He pulls it late. Well, it was Reed's ball, but McInerney just kicked one. Thought he might try and kick another. The next line of 15 metres behind, just in that little pocket of space. Should be a shot to swing it right to left. He's got his confidence up. That's a work of art from the kid. Two in a row. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, That's good, I like it. Mitch Robinson went and put it up first. He started all that, right? Have a look at this, Maynard, set Robinson down. Look at the Brisbane jumpers surround Maynard here. Four or five, and he's in that okay. I'll take you all off. Oh, he loves that Maynard. And Maynard, don't worry about him. He'll remain focused. Now the problem for Brisbane is can they remain focused? I mean, this is in his makeup. This isn't manufactured for Maynard. He loves it hard. He'll niggle. He'll try to put them off their game. Sort of a pretty full Ford 50 in the pocket. You can see the numbers. Massive! There it is. Finally, he's able to get up and take the mark. Mitch Ross, what a grab. You can play in the ruck. He can play as a key defender. He just offers so much scope for them to be able to change the way they play. And they're going to face different types of matchups and different types of teams in this final series. And the long ball from Blitzarch on the left. It's enormous ball. He kicked the first of the game. He's kicked an absolute gem. Just drop the bike now, Joe, and just say, there you go. I'm done. Beautifully done. 
that was superb by Goodsides. Petrarca goes back. Reed goes back. The pinball's around and they get the clearance. Two on two ahead of the ball. McLean. Good contest to Taylor. Can he finish the D's off? Maybe. This is scrapper. We've seen this numerous times tonight. When it's scrapper, you feel like it's going to play in the favour of the Sydney Swans. Great clever tap down from McLean as he touched on to And then the finish. Himmelberg, little inching ball forward. DeBoer's been good in tight. Cameron again, around the body. Brilliantly done, Perryman. Now then, if he can be clean, it's a Giants goal. And he is. The Giants at the front. Jeez, DeBoer's been good in some tight moments too, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. Big win on the outer side. Very, very impressive. Matty DeBoer. So the kick for the last five here, JB. Inside six minutes down as he clears the chairs. Is this part of the 555 now. Yep. Clock still ticks. Photographer down to 550. We should just line, get stand between them That's and right. keep it ticking down. Yep. Down to 45. Now he walks in. Launches. It's long. It's strong. He's pulled one for the bottom and he's back at tricks. What a celebration too for the young man. It, oh, is, oh. it is a brilliant, brilliant kick. In he comes, siren sounds, and the drought breaks. First ever win for Matthew Nix as an AFL coach. First win for 2020 for the Crows, a moment they'll never forget. Feeds it back to Sheed, he's nearly caught. Feeds it back to Jetta, he's got some time and space. Sends it long. Big oh, man, English. That's two. He sits it up. Hickey flies. English. Ah. Second grab. Seconds left on the clock, and this has been brilliant from the dogs. Siren sounds, and the Western Bulldogs' final chances enhanced by one of their best wins of 2020. How good was that to see a bit of AFL uh, up and going in the hub? Uh, it's been great to have the AFL going during this uh, COVID COVID uh, environment. Um, it's been uh, it's been a godsend to be honest, and thank God we got a bit of sport. Sorry about that. Thank God we got a bit of sport, and uh, just uh, just waiting for a couple of um, boys to be ready to go. Um, but uh, just want to introduce a good good mate of mine first, uh, Mr. Mark Burke. G'day, Berkey. How are we? Very well, thank you, Aaron, and welcome, viewers, to the first ever What's Happening. Uh, not a football fan much myself, but I uh, thought I'd don the yellow jacket. A hey, man's got to do what a man's got to do, the beloved pies. Now, Aaron, I've got to ask, yeah, look. If, if the pies had a decent ruckman, do you reckon we'd be any better than what we are? What's happened to Brody? Yeah, well, it's interesting. He came in as the big number one man, didn't he, uh, up against Max Gorn, and, and he's kind of gone missing this year. 
So, so it, absolutely, if you had a good ruckman, you'd uh, put, you'd uh, be a much better side. But geez, you've been tough with injuries this year. Oh yeah, the injuries can no make make no excuses, Aaron. We just we yeah, just notch right, up those things that we're not doing at the moment, mate. Everyone's got injuries; you're all going to have them. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, it's there's no travel to worry about too much anymore. So we look forward to the finals in a couple of weeks. Um, but let's have a chat Some to uh, another good. Sorry, Mark. Some of us do, Aaron, perhaps, but uh, yes, maybe not some others. Yes, well, maybe we'll talk <laughs> about that a little bit later, who's who's gone missing, so to speak. But uh, I'd like to bring up another uh, good mate of mine, um, Mr. Glenn Curran. How are you, Glenn? G'day, Aaron. G'day, Berkey. Lovely jacket. You wear it well, mate. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you Um, love, love the passion asking about the Ruckman in the AFL. Five years ago, experts, whether they're experts like you and us three gentlemen or the paid experts on TV, the Ruckman was almost out of the game. But if you look at uh, Brody Grundy, uh, Nick Natanui, the their impact they're having on games, I think they've become almost an integral part again with their craft. Max Gorn's another one, as you said, Aaron. I think they've become very integral and giving on ball silver service. Absolutely. Um, look, it's an interesting comp this year. It's uh, a lot more than a ruckman. It's a lot more than that uh, this year. It's it's about trying to keep everyone up and fit. Uh, that's a challenge, especially for the first time this year. We've played multiple games in a week. Um, but look, we'll come back to AFL a little bit later. I think um, yep. let's talk a bit of uh, life in general and why why we put together this idea. Um, so. This idea really was founded just over a chat um, about life, of what's happening, um, a couple of mates catching up on a Zoom chat or things like that. But now it's turned into uh, let's let's get online and, and catch up with a few mates. I know uh, as three of us, the last time we got together was at a music gig, um, <laughs> which we are super, super missing and cannot <laughs> wait for that to get going again. Um, been a little, been but a little it, bit happened since, hasn't there? <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit more too. But geez, hasn't the world stopped? Uh, not just Victoria or Mel or uh, Australia, but the whole world's stopped for the first time. Um, it's been an interesting, uh, an interesting four months or five months almost now. So um, look, we hope for hope it changes in the in the near near future. But it, it's not really looking that way at the moment. So this is the point mm. of why we decided to get on and have this chat. Uh, talk about life in general, talk about what's happening in your world, my world. Um, most importantly, what, what happened pre-COVID uh, to give us a bit of positive inspiration that that's what's going to happen again as we get out of this mess. Um, so I know it's going to take some time to get going again. Um, and let's, uh, Berkey, tell us about uh, what you, what was life and what did you do? What was your release uh, outside or before COVID? Oh, before COVID, as uh working working pretty well constant through we're we're still working now but it's uh the it's just down i would say suggest it's down to probably 60 percent work wise uh we've got lucky enough to have a couple of the guys on uh, on job keeper which has been handy but uh other than that it's um it's just trying to push our existing clientele not being able to see any clients i'm in sales myself i, I own the company but uh yeah trying to trying to get our, our customers that are that have got their hands stuck in their pocket at the moment, trying to get them to spend a little bit more and trying to keep the money going around. That's about it. 
Yeah, look, it's a really hard time uh, for a lot of businesses where you and I are fortunate uh, to have businesses that are still allowed to open, Berkey, and uh, we're allowed yeah, to get point. out of the house for a little bit. So the hard part yeah. uh, about that is obviously we run a sportswear business, customised sportswear for the local market, and and to have a business flatlined overnight with no opportunity really outside of that because we were heavily focused on sport and community sport, um, it was pretty hard to take. But uh, thank God we've we've uh, been able to quickly pivot, as is the common word at the moment, uh, into something else and to, uh, to do masks and, and face gaiters and things uh, to help people keep, keep people safe. Not only that, uh, might as well look good while you're doing it. So um, if ever you need us, Game Day Apparels, who we're – who we are and that's that's where you'll find us so just a quick little plug i know berkey and i berkey and i have done plenty of work together over the years uh with concept displays um and i hope we once we get all out of this together we're we're all here ready to service uh who we are so glenn just tell us a little bit about um what you what you did or what you do pre-covid and and whether you're lucky enough to still have a gig Look, I am very lucky to have a gig still. So I'm sort of at the other side to sort of you blokes. Obviously, I don't run my own business. I work for a, a company that looks after fuel cards. So the good thing about that business with transport and that sort of stuff, things need to be delivered. So obviously, the need is still there. So that's handy from a perspective of me as sort of working in a sort of collections credit sort of position. But... I suppose the telling thing about it, as you said, Berkey, as well, is the impact that it has on everybody. Like, yes, you'll still be able to function and carry on with your business, whether you own the company or work for a company, but just that big, that that very big impact. And it's it's an impact that initially is very sudden, and then we all like to have a positive outlook but just being realistic about what the outlook's going to come or what the outlook will look like, regardless of what sort of nature the business might be. So, as I said, look, so I'm, I'm, I basically work, I'm able to work from home still, which is good, like a lot of people are doing at the moment from a Victorian point of view, but obviously working in a four-bedroom house with four other people gets a little bit cosy. <laughs> but that said, if someone said to you, who do you want to work with? Do you want to work with the people you love the most? I have the pleasure of doing that. So, good. Well, that's which, uh, for now. Which I is a good thing. Yeah. That's as good an outcome as, as you can hope. You know, yeah, still employed. A, uh, still yep. get to see your family. Yep. Um, and most importantly, while this lockup's no great, not no great uh, um, exercise for any of us, it's uh, it's hopefully, hopefully keeping most of us safe uh, for a bit longer. Um it's a scary time to just go out and reopen like we did and have all the issues that we faced uh, after that. So while there's plenty of doubters and knockers on this whole process and system, um, you're right. Uh, we're lucky to be able to work from home and uh, and test out this internet, this great NBN system that we've got that we're putting <laughs> under much pressure uh, right now. So, um, Berkey, I just wanted to touch base with you about... Uh, once again, life pre-COVID and, and how the three of us actually met. And was uh, we used to meet at uh, a few gigs around the around Melbourne, um, being Melbourne being very music-focused uh, and one of our loves and one of your massive loves. Um, just tell us about where this little gig was. What was, what was, the, what was happening here? Oh, that's the, that's the, yeah, you're right. I think we met at <laughs> Spearman Rhino the first time I met Glenn, I think it was. 
Yeah, grab his gold card that he'd left there and uh, yeah, pick that one up. That's a we first. Uh, this is like no, no, this is no, lucky I like, enough. I like that, Berkey. That's very good. I, thousands wouldn't appreciate that, but I do. <laughs> we do uh, we do a bit of work for the uh, for the great man James the Hound Dog Young at uh, a cherry bar and and had a long association with uh, with James and that one was the double Rickenbackers with. There's a great man out the front there just waiting to go live. Uh, the, he's been doing a live – well, he was doing a live stream once a week. Uh, started off with – lucky enough to be there with um, Ash Naylor, Wally and Matt, the great Melbourne three-piece of even. And uh, that last one there was a last gig I got to before lockdown. Again, that was during the first lockdown. But it was um, Davey Lane and Brett Wolfenden, uh, Davey Lane band. Davey plays with oh, – I used to play in a band called The Pitchers with Woofy 100 years ago. And uh, now he's he's got his own stuff happening. He's a, a ripping artist. He plays um, he plays lead in UMI as well. Uh, but his own stuff's bloody phenomenal and just a ripping lad. Re- really really nice guy. And where were you? Where we all met? I I um I think I dragged <laughs> Aaron. Aaron's been coming to gigs for a long time, and I'm trying to drag him out on a Monday night, a Wednesday night. It's always a bit difficult. Uh, but I probably go to four or five or four or five gigs a week. I've been heading out to and um, the last couple of years, Aaron's been coming along, which has been great. And um, I believe he uh, grabbed you along for one time or two. And now Glenn, Glenn's been hooked as well. Absolutely. It's great to, great to have an extra car buddy um, rolling along for the gigs. And uh, especially on a Monday, a Monday night's a tough gig, no doubt, Bergie, but I'm <laughs> um, blessed to get out there on a Monday night and see the great Charles Jenkins. Uh who I, who I hadn't seen for a long time and uh, was was truly honoured uh, to be to be at any of his gigs, to be honest. He's way too good a musician to be uh, playing for a small bar on a Monday night, but what an intimate little audience and how good is uh, the Retreat Hotel. Oh, for sure. Well, well, that's the other thing. That's what shitted me off too. We're going to see Charles for wherever it's been, so many numbers. He used to be in a band called the Mad Turks from Istanbul. That no one would ever remember, and uh, <laughs> very well named band. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think they can go with that anymore. But uh, <laughs> that got poo pooed pretty quick. But plays the Chivagos, and he's got his own stuff. He, he's just a he's he's like he's like a Paul Kelly, just an und, undiscovered another gem that we have. But uh, I've been seeing him for 20, 25 years, and he did a he did a little documentary. Someone followed him around for a couple of weeks and did a documentary. I'm not in it. I'm not in the doco. Aaron's been to two gigs, and there he is, front and centre in the doco, sitting there on the bar at the retreat one Monday night that I couldn't make it. And he gets his bloody sorry bum on right, right in front and centre, right in the doco. So that that was annoying. But, look, you know, you live with it. What can I say? What can that. I say? A cameraman or a <laughs> or a, uh, a, a producer just knows his talent when he sees it. That's all. Oh, it's um, oh, right. I, 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 okay, uh, okay then. Berkey, why don't you do us the honour of uh, the three of us uh, met at a gig, obviously, and and we're lucky mm. enough to feature uh, a good mate of ours now um, that we went to this gig, and so let's. He's now uh, a special guest of ours today. So, Berkey, why don't you give us a little intro on who we're talking about here? Well, I first uh, I first met this uh, our, our our first special guest. And it doesn't get much more special than this guy. He's a ripper. Uh, saying about Charles Jenkins, another undiscovered gem. But I first heard, uh, I first heard Ryan on Phoebe Squared show on uh, on Breakfasts one time, and 
I'm uh, me being a Diamond Valley lad, as as we all are. He, there was a song. <laughs> there was a song on his the album he just put out was called um, uh, the, the Windy Mile, and I think it goes for about 37 seconds. And if you put it on at the top of the <laughs> the Windy Mile, it's just an instrumental, but it's a great piece of music. Yes, but if you go the right speed limit at the start of the Windy Mile, by the time you get to the bottom, the song's played through. Uh, but this man uh, writes some writes some great songs. He's uh, his lyrics are fantastic. His guitar playing is phenomenal. And uh, without any further ado, I'd like to introduce Mr. Ryan Sterling. Take it away, son. There, there we there go. There he is, the great so man. Much. Hey, Ryan, how are you, mate? Good, good, good. Uh, thanks for that lovely introduction. I had no idea that the uh, that firstly I've forgotten about the existence of that windy mile song, but secondly I had no idea that it was the perfect length for the uh, the windy mile, <laughs> which is Amazing. much more straight. It's not really it's not that windy anymore. But anyway. Um, should I play a song? Is that what I'm doing now? Yeah, first, I'd, I'd just like to welcome you, Ryan, and uh, yeah. thanks for jumping on. We're obviously no. going to – we're lucky enough to hear a couple of tunes uh, by yourself today. But, uh, look, you've become part of our uh, awesome foursome here to, to have a chat to, and uh, we're, it'll be interesting to have a chat a little bit little bit about your music and where you've come from and where you are now. Um, but why don't, you, why don't you kick us off with a tune to get us going? All right, cool. Uh, I've, I've been writing um... – a number of things during the whole isolation period. So this is one of them that uh, came to me uh, during isolation, moving back to the kind of, I grew up in Diamond Creek, as you guys know, and moving back to the Eltham area, uh, the songs that are coming are very specific to like my childhood or how um, I feel about, the, it's triggered a lot of thoughts about my life and stuff. It's quite, a, it's gonna be quite a positive record, I think. But um, this song is about my grandfather, who I didn't particularly know very well and wasn't very close to, as the song mentions. But um, I hope he had a good life when he moved up to the country from Preston, where he used to live. So this is called um, I don't know what it's called. I haven't named it. It's probably got a name. Okay, I'm sure I'll have a name. Okay, here we go. Drive this home home all over the road. So 
someone told me. I guess he had to get out of the city for the sake of his sanity. To go now where I am, down the Murray Valley Highway. Those rivers have long been tamed and tied. It's not the way he left his life. And I hope when he dropped that line, he found a peace of mind. All his life's craving, laughing as a waiter in the shade of a raccoon tree, forever free. Whistle of wood. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I was Super I Saturday like there for sure. <laughs> if I could whistle, I would. That was fantastic. Uh, Good work, Ron. Oh, cool. Thank you. I should mention Gunbar Island, which that's what the song's called. It's called Gunbar Island. <laughs> it's a um, the largest like inland island in Australia. It's a island between the Murray River and the Gunbar River, where he moved. My oh. grandpa moved there after he left. Preston. I know. I, I, I know exactly where that is, Ryan, because my in-laws, I'm not a very good fisherman. Some say I'm not patient and I talk too much. I don't believe them, but that's their opinion. <laughs> but, yeah, my yeah, my father-in-law does a bit of fishing up that part of the world and, yeah, very nice, very lovely part of the world. Yeah, it's beautiful. A fair, bit, beautiful. fair bit going on up there at the moment too with sort of water and that sort of stuff. And but Yeah, that's a great great song, mate. Your, oh, thank you. Look. Your storytelling, as as I said to Berkey and Aaron when I first went and saw you, like very I, – I don't like using the word easy listening, but it is just so easy to listen to your music. Oh, that's nice. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, really good. Really good, mate. I'm looking forward to the next record. I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, a record that's – I mean, they're always personal, but it's going to be particularly personal because it's kind of dredging up lots of things about my ch- – moving back to the – where you grow up, kind of dredging up lots of good memories and you know whatever. So maybe not so good ones as well. Uh, he's, a, he's a quadruple threat. This bloke, he can play guitar, writes a writes a killer tune. 
he's he's harmonica playing is phenomenal, underrated and phenomenal, and obviously he's a great looking rooster as well. So yeah. he's got it all covered. <laughs> I think he's got us covered, I, gents. Well, I think I, you uh, may have us covered, mate. I'm with you, Berkey. Yep. <laughs> the harmonica. I hadn't played harmonica in, in the whole lockdown. And then Aaron asked me yesterday to do this. I'm like, Jesus, I hope I can. Uh, remember how to play and I had a quick practice last night my cheeks were quite sore but they seem all right today so very nice mate very nice, nice. Uh, Ryan can I just um ask you how you how you first got started or got started in music I've always been a music lover but always been a punter I used to warble at school and used to build out the old Led Zeppelin covers with the band and that sort of thing but never went on with it which I had now but I can't even hold a tune so can you tell us how you first get started and why you keep on doing it? And for, for us, for us as punters, we sit there agog and go, my goodness, you know, how does he do it? How does he come up with it? So it's a, it's a without peeing in pockets and stuff, it's a, it's a great talent to have. We've just got to get, try and get more people to your gigs. But if you can tell us how you got started and, and what you think the future holds for live gigs, that's a great question. Um, so I got started, I just, as a kid, I just loved, my dad had a, a pretty decent record collection, kind of Stones, Beatles kind of stuff. And I loved Heard of him, that yeah. sort of stuff. And then when I was in kind of prior, grade six, I got completely obsessed with Guns N' Roses. Um, <laughs> and then, um, and that, I guess that, I'm, I'm guessing that's really what triggered me to want to play guitar. And so then in um, year seven, end of year seven, I got uh, my first electric guitar, which was like this Red Ranger, very cheap brand, but, you know, did the job kind of thing. Um, and then as time went on, I listened to a lot of that kind of Guns N' Roses type of music, but I, I really started to get into, Dad had like the odd Neil Young record and stuff like that. And I started getting to people like, I suppose, James Taylor, which, although I don't think I sound, I, I can definitely see when I, I can see the influence on my guitar playing, even though I don't, I can't play any yeah. songs, but um I can see the influence of it. Um, and then as time went on, I just got into people really like, I guess, Joni Mitchells and Nick Drakes and stuff like that, like mm. acoustic guitar players. Um, and I kind of abandoned electric guitar. I mean, I still pull it out occasionally, but I don't, I mean, I, I haven't, I don't never plug the thing in. Um, and just sort of got deeper and deeper into, I guess, what you call kind of folkish music. But then I'm really obsessed, like my, as, um, Certainly, um, Berkey knows my favourite band in the world is is the Black Crows, which is is a very electric band, but then has all the influence of all those things I like spread through their music. So, I mean, that that's their mm. huge influence on me. Although I think hardly anyone would ever pick that. But um, yeah. What was oh, where's the future yep. of live music? Shit, man, I don't know what that is. The answer to that is um, I don't know. You'd be you're way more. You guys are way more on on the got your finger on the pulse of that i feel i guess um probably i think the, i think like so many um when there's a catastrophe in society it creates like a technological jump and i assume that maybe more like live streaming of gigs to people who can't get to them like i know i mean you guys have all got kids there's a whole period in your life when it's hard to get out to shows when you've got really young kids maybe that will be a change live gigs maybe more things like the cherry bar live streaming shows or you know um yeah, I don't know though what the future holds. What do you guys? Yeah, think? it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting about the live the live streaming gigs because uh, obviously the first lockdown we thought was going to be the only lockdown. I guess at uh, at one mm. point, and and everyone was a little bit. Uh, so what do we do now on a Friday, Saturday, um, Monday night? Um, there was no sport at pretty much at that stage. Everything had been locked down, and 
I think the best thing to come out of this uh, COVID lockdown has been the live streaming component. And uh, I wouldn't say everyone was ready for it by any stretch. No one was ready for the real work from home aspect as well. But I think the live streaming, and there's been a couple of great ones from the Cherry Bar, um, super mm. professional uh, performances, um, delivered lives, another one that I think has been absolutely mm. super. Uh, quality acts um, and really well put together. Uh, the Vic government did one that we put together, but I don't know. I think with all the money that got thrown around, we, we probably could have pulled that one off a little bit better. Um, mm. Probably a little bit harsh maybe, but I think uh, what, what's been great for some acts that probably weren't known was something like Isolate. Um, yeah. And I'm, sh I'm sure you guys have seen Isolate at some point and yeah. uh, it was put together by uh, another local artist and, and put together from her network of, of crew uh, and artists and, and, Gee, I, I found a truckload of talents that I, I, I don't honestly think I'd, I would have ever come across um, if it wasn't for this experience. So uh, all streamed through Instagram um, at, the, at that stage. Uh, so what a great way to spread it out to another network that you weren't, you didn't know. Um, get your music out there. Uh, not necessarily all great quality as far as sound and everything. So that was, that was a little bit disappointing, but it's very hard to pull together. Not everyone's got all their gear sitting there at home ready to roll. Um, and we hope, we hope, uh, I hope that live streaming can really be a, um, a next part of, of how we, how we operate. You know, not everyone can get to the cherry bar. Uh, we're very lucky in Melbourne that we're able to get to such awesome venues. Um, but look, when you're right out in the bush and you come two hours away, you can log on at home on a lazy Friday night or Saturday night and, and also pay money for a gig and, and get a great, great reward reward. So what do you guys think? What a Berkey, what do you think? Yeah, well, I'm in. I'm in two minds. As it's always hard to get people to gigs uh, over the over the journey, and everyone's saying now, oh, I wish I had gone to more gigs. I can't wait to go to more gigs. Uh, you know, make sure you give me a call, put me on the list. You know, a lot of a lot of ours are on the naughty list that won't be asked ever again. But um, <laughs> the the live stream things interesting. I like the idea if the bands get paid. That's 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 phenomenal. I'm a huge, uh, as many of us are, Nick Cave fan, and he did a live stream thing that was quality was uh, was okay. The, the sound quality itself, with the feeding and the streaming service, was pretty ordinary. It might just be where I was living, but 27 bucks for see one guy sitting behind a piano playing his stuff. You know, I'm not I'm not sure that, um, look, and he probably got a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people onto that onto that platform to watch. Which is great for him, but um, I'd love to see it spread around a bit more. People that are up and coming and get them on. Like if you've got Nick Cave playing six songs and put someone else in as well. It's like the old support thing. Um, people, yeah. More people are asking. Well, we were asking before the lockdown, what time's the main band on? Because we're all getting old, we can't sit there through, you know, four hours of music <laughs> just to see the band we want to see. But you've seen, I've seen so many great artists that I'd never go and see as support acts. We get stuff or we'll have to cut all of their stuff in and out and but you know, wouldn't have wouldn't have come across someone like Ryan probably without seeing him play and being just just being awestruck and going, Oh my god, this guy's gotta be heard by more people. So uh yeah, moving forward, I don't think we're going to find as much stuff unless it's getting industry backing. Uh, like the isolated stuff and delivered live. I don't see that much new stuff out there. Like there's people with great names. I love the Wilson brothers, Polyman. Uh, if you get a chance to have a look at those guys, um, Finn Wilson, I love. He's just phenomenal. But they've already got that 
they've got that music. Chris Wilson Sons, uh, they've already got that push behind them. Whereas a lot of yeah. un undiscovered artists are just going to stay undis undiscovered, I think. Yeah, look, I suppose yeah, that's it's... a very interesting, very interesting point about uh, undiscovered um, and what it's very hard to get a support act gig um, in general, isn't it? Um, and I, I think that's the great part about live music um, is being able to get out and support that uh, and and find the find the mystery, the mystery in the in the message as far as who you can come across. Um, you can find some great artists, and and they might be they might be the the first act that's on for the night. Um, so mm. the first the first step, no doubt, is trying to um, trying to get venues open again and support venues again. Mm. It has been a real battle in Victoria to just to keep live music and live venues um, open. So that's going to be a very interesting topic as we move out of this. And I really hope uh, they're not the last uh, to open. Uh, sadly, it looks like they're going to be though. Um, Obviously, a cafe culture uh, around the place, even with Melbourne. Um, I expect they're going to – I wouldn't say they've been looked after either. Um, so more, it's more a case of just trying to get get businesses going, get venues going again, um, and then try and get, get artists gigs effectively. So I would love to see more support acts, Berkey, as you said. Um, I'd like to see not so much that festival arrangement, but I, I'd like to – I'd love to be able to have um, – have gigs that that are played for a lot of the a lot of the day or at all weekender, um, where you know that we used to used to have that occasionally happen at uh, places like the corner um, in Melbourne, um, where you'd have a, a Saturday or a Sunday um, with with progressive acts. And I'd like mm. love to see that festival kind of uh, approach come back into live music. So, um, as you know, uh, I think still largely undiscovered uh, talent, Ryan. Um, We'd love to uh, be able to get get the people to uh, not. I wouldn't say vote on this system, but try and love to get mm -hmm. people in board on board and try and get uh, get more acts. And and speaking of that, Ryan, just tell us about this photo. Um, one of your favourites. Oh yeah, that's it. Um, the Hurstbridge Anglers Club, which is this tiny uh, little room that was like I think something to do with uh, post war World War Two or sorry World War Two something. There was a heap of these little hut building things in the city somewhere and then they sold them off to councils for next to nothing and shipped them out to various places. And um, it's it was, I believe, that the St Andrews Theatre Company is based there. And um, That's right. Anyway, I've played – is that correct, Berkey? Do you know that? Yeah, it's, that's right, mate, yeah. That was a um, ripping gig, played, that one. Oh, well, I've played there three times now and it's it's um it's just beautiful. Like there's no PA, like they've got noise restrictions, I assume, or whatever, but there's no PA, so you're just playing to the crowd, but it's it's just pin drop silent. It's amazing. Mm. I've never experienced it. It's like when I say silent, it's silent. And um I played there at this comedy night that they have, which is amazing. It sells out like, you know, there's fifty people or whatever this comedy night. And they have a musical guest which gets up between each comedian and does a couple of songs. And people are pissing themselves laughing, laughing so loud. And then they just go dead silent while you play. And then they pay you really well. And then you get free food and go home. And it's just a, it's a beautiful <laughs> experience. And I love community. Like I love being, being involved in something that's related to that local community as well. It's really nice. So, yeah. It, it, it's funny you say that, Ryan. It, it... When people use the words, and it gets used a lot now with what's going on nicely about people being community-minded, it's amazing how easy it is to be community-minded. 
like when someone says to you, oh, can you come and work at the soup kitchen or can you come and fold up blankets or hand out whatever we all think, oh, I've got a bit on, I've got my own family. But as I said, look, being a bit of a Johnny-come-lately to the Diamond Valley, only being here for 15 years or so, I I say to my friends, like I was originally from South of the Era, but now I say, you guys are missing out. This area is beautiful. Like It's beautiful over there as well, but like it's amazing how spending time and getting to know, obviously Aaron and I are pretty close, but then the extension of knowing Aaron, the 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 love that you, Berkey, and you, Ryan, both have for your local community, but your local music community. It brings mm. back great memories for me. I've got a couple of mates who are very talented musicians and very similar to yourself, Ryan. Just loved it, like love all music, but do do a lot of their do a lot of their own stuff. And 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 when I I, I went on Facebook after I first saw your gig and said to them, thank you. Or thank thank them for the opportunity years ago, and it was like I turned back the clock twenty thirty years, and I was back in little pubs, as Aaron said, the corner places like that, watching bands, and you think, how good's this? And it was yeah. it cost as as you said, it cost about ten bucks, and to be totally honest, you close your eyes and you sit back and. Am I listening to Bruce Springsteen or am I listening to Creedence Clearwater Revival? No, but I'm listening to people who are singing and talking about the same sort of things, which is gold, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's interesting what you awesome. said about it being 10 bucks because I think that's the price it was in, like, 1996. I don't think the prices have gone up to go and see a local band since, like, the nah. mid to late 90s. Yeah, it would have gone down, if anything. If the, yeah. And the quality is still the quality. Yeah. Like, like you yeah. talk about live entertainment from a musical point of view. Like Aaron and I, one of my biggest things, and and you gentlemen will will not only be involved, but you'll be invited. I one of my big things I want to do post COVID, probably the two of the most pos, two of the most popular words in Victoria slash Australia the world at the moment is I want to do a comedy night for sort of men's health and general health. The whole, just, just get up there. I won't be funny. People will laugh at me, but that's okay as long as they're laughing. That's that's the whole mean of it and, and the, the whole aim of it. Um, and doing something like that, it's not actually that hard to do. You send out an invitation, as Aaron's done with the gigs I've seen of yours, Ryan, and you come along and then you see people and it's amazing how connected we all are and how similar our situations are. And that's probably the thing as I look with you three. Someone says to me, oh, Glenn, have you ever played a musical instrument? No, I used to bang on the ice cream tins as a kid and whatever, really badly. Like you said, Berkey, I was in the choir at DLR till about year, about year 10. And then I don't know what happened to my voice or whatever, but the teacher said, look, I know you like the songs, Glenn, but have you thought of maybe just sticking to the sport? So, <laughs> I said, yeah, no, well, I'm <laughs> no, there was no choir at uh, the Swing and Arms where I went, mate. It was only a tech, uh, believe me. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's yeah, just think... like you, you're talking before, Ryan, you said about Joni Mitchell. Like I listen to mm-hmm. some of her songs. Like I've, lately I've been listening to a lot of the band, like Robbie oh, Robertson and those sort of blokes. Just to me, I, th- I, I look at them 
and I look at you in the same sort of breath and awe. How talented! Yeah, I yeah, that's a, an incre- yeah, they're they're amazing. Band. I just, but, yeah, but but mate, but but you look as you said to me the other day. And I say the other day, it was a while ago, I went to your gig and I said, oh, I heard you say at one of your gigs, I wrote this song in about half an hour. Mate, I, I'm trying to homeschool, which we all are at the moment, my 12-year-old son in grade six. I, I, um, I find that hard. So to write a song and I listen <laughs> to the song and I relate to the song, I think, how talented are you? I'm trying. I'm mm. trying to drag out the. I'm trying to actually put a bit more effort into the writing of them rather than being all knocked knocked out in ten minutes or whatever. But um, yeah. Fair to say, you got a hotline running there, Glenn. Oh, um, <laughs> not sure well, what time the next race is, but it's, better want to be a, a good tip. It's either my bookmaker or Tattersalls. Or he's Tinder profile. Just on uh, the question of talent, um, obviously, Berkey's, uh, Berkey's, Berkey, fair to say, he's got a bit of musical talent. I'll, I'll give him that one. Um, I'll, I'll toot my own horn and say I've got a bit of rhythm, um, but I don't know necessarily that relates to talent. Um, Ryan, we stand up there in, in awe, uh, as, as Glenn said, uh, as a, as a um, band follower or a, an artist follower. Um, tell us what music... Um, means to you and as an outlet more than anything. Um, we talk about mental health uh, these days and, and being able to journalise your life um, about what happened previous in your, in your early childhood and things like that. And I know some of your songs attest to that and, um, and talk through those kind of moments. And there seems to be a lot of uh, negative songs always written. Um, and it was interesting, I heard a, a young artist uh, play. It was a young young lady actually, and and um, she was she was very much a spoken word kind of artist. She was well, she would have only been eighteen, and she stood up stood up on the stage and basically was very much uh, just a little finger pick kind of guitar over the top of the spoken or beneath the spoken word. And 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 she, her comment was, uh, oh, someone always asked me, uh, you know, why why are kind of my, my songs always negative? And and she actually answered the question by. Well, that that kind of depends in which which place you're in, how negative sometimes that song can come across. Uh, and do you think there's enough positivity in a lot of the songs that are out there these days? They seem to be very uh, emotionally driven towards negativity. What do you think about that? That's a good question. I, I think someone it might have been one of the blokes from Crowded House. Someone said something about like, when you're happy, you're not going to sit down and write a song. You're going to go and walk in the park or you know do something else and you, you kind of the, the mindset that put you in to write a song is often a, of a um i guess a more negative mindset or a mental state i i um i reckon i'm fine i found for myself that it's on this particular record that i'm writing at the moment and it's i think it's relating to all that stuff we've already talked about about moving back to the area and stuff it's really moving into a much more positive angle it feels like almost all the work i've done on my own brain over the years is finally bearing fruit like you know trying to process various things in your life is finally bearing fruit in that that art that's coming out is now of a more positive sort of thing so for example that song i played before even though it's about a a, a relationship with a person that you didn't really have a relationship with the gist of it is, is that it's a positive um 
you know, I'm hoping that he enjoyed moving up to the bush and living next to a river and fishing all day, even if it meant that we didn't have a relationship. I'm, I hope that that was beneficial to him. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas I think if I've written a song of that same um, uh, topic 10 years ago, it probably would have been a bit more uh, negative and, and certainly a bit more um, uh, la- less understanding for perhaps the fact that he was maybe a person going through his own stuff and he needed to just get out and do what he had to do. It would have been more viewed from just purely my perspective rather than now I guess I can put myself in other people's shoes more. Um, so I was getting sure. back to the 19-year-old girl, it's probably quite hard for them to, you know, everything is so self-obsessed as a teenager, even if you don't realise it, I suppose. Yeah, very much. Yeah. And um, I, I know life pre-COVID was very uh, very crazy for everyone and, and not a lot of people get to sit down and kind of somewhat relax on and, and let their mind uh, wander a little bit for the first time um, and think about what's happening in their life and, some not always, it's a good chance to have that silence for a lot of people because uh, you start thinking of all the negative uh, aspects of your life. But I know um, I know one place you've got here with this photo um, is an incredible spot to uh, to be able to give that word of breathe and breathing and, and being able to uh, detoxify the mind with through your songwriting. So just tell us a little bit about uh, this tree and what it means to you. So that's the, um, we've got... Um we're on half, we're very lucky to have like half an acre, which seems huge because I lived in a unit in, in reservoir before we were here. So it's not huge in the scheme of things, but it seems huge to us. And we've got like 60, we had 60 something gum trees on it, not quite as many now, but that's one of the main ones that I look, that when I look at the window when I'm writing songs and whatnot, that I, it is there and always in my sort of vision and, uh, so I think that's probably why almost every song on the record, probably about or probably 60% of songs mention gum trees to some degree, as that first one I've already played mentioned red gums. Um, but, I mean, it's just, it's just a lovely thing to look at and just to lose yourself staring at that sort of thing. You know, as you guys living in this area, like there's just so many, you know, you can even live in not a particularly tree part of this area, but it's still going to have quite a few trees anyway. So I don't know, I've, I've always loved trees. And I think growing up in Dymo, there's, you know, there was then heaps of bush and you were not far from the bush, like in places like where Berkey is, it's in Scully. And um, yeah, I think it can't help but affect your art and your, you know, psyche or whatever. It's a good thing. Absolutely. For me, anyway. there, yeah, there's a lot of artists, a lot of artists talk about uh, grounding their feet in the earth and talking about that kind of component and, and the release it gives and, and the ability to, to pay homage and thanks to to what how lucky we are really and and be yeah. able to breathe clean air. So, uh, why don't we you uh, we can talk for a little bit more, but uh, why don't you uh, let us let us in on another song, um, okay? And and give us uh, give us a little intro on, on the background behind it. All right. Um, so this other one, I, I this one is um, speaking of whatever I suppose it's got kind of got a message of like um you know through in life there's kind of trials and whatnot that you have to deal with and then uh sometimes they're just they just are what they are and you've just got to kind of deal with it and move on and actually funnily enough I was I was listening to a person talk today about um stoicism 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 
which is like a mental theory, like an, an, an old theory, not related to being stoic as such, but um, talk about how to overcome difficult times and stuff. It was really interesting. I'm not explaining it at all very well right now, but um, this was this what the song's sort of about anyway. It's called um, Some Things Are Just Gonna Be. The guitar is, I think, probably unintentionally inspired by Mississippi John Hurt, the, the great country blues guitar player from, from America. There are bad days, there are joyful days, there are days when the world can blow you away. Maybe dumb and hard, a million layers deep. All wrong with skin so thin you fall in a heap. But some things you cannot foresee, they're just gonna be. Because the raw truth is, Life can be a fragile thing Confusing memories forever lingering With no consolation God, it you can be Or you can rise above that all And embrace your destiny But some things you will not ever they're just gonna be And you may have to trap far So that you can see Things you try to forget Dust in your debris It's wise to lead a sedentary life, secure in the everyday, avoiding the limelight. And some choose freedom, chasing the curve of the earth. Well, I'm gonna share this bottle of wine and live what is worth. But something like mortality they're just gonna be yeah something 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 they're just gonna be whoa, whoa. 
dust in your Completely forgot where I was then. I forgot that I was doing Woo! this. <laughs> oh, fantastic, mate. Well done, mate. That was great. Well done. Oh, jeez. It's interesting you're talking about the trees and that, Ryan, and what sort of inspiration that gives you. And I've got to sort of talk in a bit of a hushed tone because my eldest son, um, as we're amazed and has taken a real liking to photography. And, and obviously where we live in, in Monty, the beautiful thing is, day or night, if you look up, you don't realise that we're only about 25 k's as the crow flies from the middle of the city. And he's really shown, and I've asked him, and I will confirm with him, I'll get some of his photography put up. And I'll obviously credit him. I won't take the credit for it because I don't know where he's got the credit from, but it's just amazing. And, it's, and obviously he's using light and whatever in the camera, but he's... Just that creativity, which is amazing to see. Like as a as his parent, it makes myself and and Jody, my partner, very very proud. But when I hear you speak about with the trees and that, how that makes you feel and what inspiration you get from that, watching Jack's photography, like some of the work he's done, it's I look at it and think, cheapest mate, that's amazing. Just really good, and that's where when I listen to you, I sort of. I almost see a bit of a connection how he goes about things as well. He can be very, um, even at times, I hear you at a couple of gigs, you'll say to us, you apologise and you say, I lost myself. And watching Berkey and Aaron then, don't apologise, mate. <laughs> you're, <laughs> it's, you're sharing a, an incredible gift. Well, I, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful thing. That we, yeah. That's a very nice thing to say, man. Thank you so much. I um I'm trying to make sure that I don't lose myself to the point that I forget the songs because that has been a bit of a problem in my life. But I, I I'm getting better at that not happening. So Frank Sinatra did that, mate. And he was a pretty good singer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. Um, uh, it's well, great, well, to have, great to have a couple. Of, uh, great, yeah, absolutely. Great to have a couple of people uh, join us on the live stream. Uh, a couple of fellow artists that we love. Uh, good mate of mine, Dave Cosma. Uh, we hope to get you on the show, Dave. And uh, you've—I uh, tell you one thing. I one one I did leave off about the uh, things that happened out of COVID and the live streaming gigs was uh, the EJ isolation sessions. Um, yeah, Dave, right. very unique, uh, unique model mm. of uh, performing in the in the back of the EJ in his garage. Yeah, um, was that absolutely super, uh, Dave? You're a you're a legend, mate. Um, I'm I'm a biased mate from from school, but. Uh, what a talent you've got, mate! And uh, the great Charles Jenkins joining us as well to say say good day. So, Chuck, uh, oh, you good. might be in the next few shows too, mate. Uh, get ready because we we'd love to have you on, Chuck. Uh, you're incredible talent as well. Um, good to have some other mates joining us as well. Say good day, jump on, and tell those guys a great initiative. So that's that's good to hear. Um, so uh, yeah, um, Ryan, some of your uh, given you, you've obviously been in lockup like the rest of us in Victoria. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, re- what's what's happening in your life now, and what's uh, I know you you uh, you mentioned that uh, recordings on the agenda um, and putting together some new songs, and and I know you're very uh, keen to put something else together, and and I believe uh, this is one of the latest offerings uh, here in this recording studio. <laughs> uh, that's that's, yeah. that's my last record. That's the last record. But um, yeah. Uh, do you want me to tell you, talk about that? 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Give us uh, give us a bit of insight on on uh, what happened that here. That was uh, the last record. So as I've mentioned to you guys already, that I um traditionally how I've written songs was I'd write them and then knock them out pretty fast. That was a um we used to live in a unit. The four of us were in a unit in Reservoir, and we were we were going to sell that, so we we're painting it. And so the kids and my partner Lauren went to uh to away for a week while I and a painter painted it. And I don't know if you've ever, you know, oil paint, like it's quite a bit more intense than um, mm. normal wall paint. It's like for yeah. painting wood, like there's heaps of Mission Brown windows and stuff. So they, the, the painter painted that with this oil paint, which was, you were told, I was told not to be in the house for a couple of days, but I wanted to record this record. So I, um, I, I slept and stayed in the house and recorded after painting all day myself and then recorded at night in the fumes of oil paint. It was quite a psychedelic experience, but um, yeah. it's going LSD, Ryan. Yeah, gets a bit trippy <laughs> that album. So now I know why. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's um, yeah. So I'd, I'd I'd paint for like twelve hours and then try and knock the record out in the in the night time, and then the fumes were just it was intense, man. The dreams that I had <laughs> sleeping on. So in that picture, that's my kid's bedroom, but there's all mattresses and stuff that I was sleeping on the floor amongst my recording studio. That's my bed at the front of the pillow. That's the the mattress on the floor there. Um, and then I had to, yeah, it was intense, intense. So um, I suppose is, uh, is this where, is this where this album cover comes from? <laughs> that's that album. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a friend of mine. Um, James Benici is a very quite renowned artist who paints quite, uh, interesting portraits of people's faces, usually his partner's face. So that's, that, I think that might be Sarah's face, but, um, yeah. Yeah. Super abstract, but, uh, a very unique, uh, image. For sure. Yeah, so he's amazing, amazing, amazing painter. Um, so I suppose this this image here uh, kind of explains where kind of COVID is at the moment for a, for a lot of people, um, and making milestones about what happens out, uh, what happens during a day, and everyone's everyone's talking about dressing up to go out to put the bins out and things like that. So it's interesting to see that uh, you're making great use of your time, Ryan, to uh, put some tracks together and. Um, we can't wait. Uh, can you give us any kind of insight of when you think you're going to put together some recordings? Um, I, well, I, I, I bought, I had a broken, because my computer's like from 2008, so it's it's all reliant on it surviving. I had bought a new cable from the, and that seems to have got it working, but now I have to just uh, actually be bothered. I'm kind of, I'm putting a lot of energy into a lot of jackhammering lately in my backyard. With you a jackhammer, so, yeah. Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, that's kind of cool. Hence at the, the, end the of the gun, day, you, know, you can you can. Sorry, mate. Hence the guns. Yeah, yep. you can. Um, the bison. Can, yeah, right. Yeah. You can paint. You can. Sorry, you can re record at the end of a day of painting. At the end of a day of jackhammering, you can't play finger picking acoustic guitar. Mm. So uh, yeah, Amazing. when I when I finish that, I'll get onto it. But um, yeah, fitting in. Yeah. You know, homeschooling and uh and and jackhammering and whatnot, but it'll happen. I'm hoping it'll happen. Soon. No, we certainly look forward to it. Look forward to hearing oh, it. Oh, thanks. Can't wait. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, well, definitely um, finger-picking guitar and harmonica are, are definitely two big traits of, of yours, Ryan, and um, and the reflection of your music. And we love listening to it, and that's why uh, we've chosen you as our first special guest, and hopefully you can oh, do this again with us. Um, and we uh, we look we love having you on, um, Ryan, and 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 oh, – just give us, giving us another perspective as well. Um, life as an artist and life as a musician, music music being one of our biggest loves to go and support. Um, we just hope uh, 
it can all come out the other side very quickly and positively. And um, we hope uh, we hope any 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 venue can turn into a music venue short term, especially yeah, with uh, with the sweet harmonies of uh, of uh, acoustic music and things like that. Um, there's plenty of cafes around Warrandyte and those kind of areas that were we're all able to have a little musician play in the corner. And so we'd love to be able to do that again. Hopefully uh, we can all get behind artists and support them um, and be able to uh, keep this dream alive for a lot of artists. Cause uh, it's fair to say not too many artists are getting any support um, during this lockdown period with the, from the government. So we hope, uh, we hope that can turn around. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of home gigs in Smith's Gully too, you guys. So you'll be invited. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You might yeah. be invited as an artist, though, I think, Ryan. Sorry, mate. You'll have to <laughs> earn your keep. You'll have to, be, you'll have to earn your keep. You'll invited as the artist. Yeah, yeah. I actually was – there's a graveyard near, near – I think it's near your house. I mean, I haven't been to your house, but I actually wrote a song after being at the my, – my daughter had a, um, a kid's party that started at the graveyard, that, that gold mining graveyard. Yeah. You know the one? Yeah, it's Rupert. Um, yeah, it's an amazing place. I wrote a song after being there, so it'd be nice to play it in the zone of the – place now ryan we've, yeah. we've got to be though we don't want to put pressure on you but as our first guest as i did touch base when i was we briefly spoke to you yesterday as our first guest i think there needs to be an mm-hmm. obligation that as the first guest and probably one of our most talented guests we'll have on that you need to write the theme song <laughs> <laughs> yeah i thought you were joking when you said that <laughs> <Going> forward <laughs> Yeah, um, no, absolutely no, not. We want to throw that out to you, definitely, Ryan. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll, like, um, uh, you you've always art. been able to put something together pretty quickly, so we'll we'll give you a week. How's that sound? All right, cool, cool. I'll <laughs> get for you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well done. Um, Berkey, tell us That's about uh, tell us about one of these home home gigs you've been able to organise over pre-COVID. Yeah, we've been uh, we've been lucky enough to have uh, a couple of gigs here. Our last one, we had uh, we had Chuck Charles Jenkins here. We, we, rang, we were looking for something to do on the Saturday night and um, rang Chuck and said, where are you playing? We were looking at somewhere to go, and he said, I'm not playing. What about I play at your place? So <laughs> we uh, quickly got one of the guys around the corner. He's got a pedal steel, and Chuck plugged in, and he said, what time do you want me here? And I said, oh, I ran about 7 o'clock. So he got here at 4 in the afternoon, and we had a – couple of drinks and a couple of glasses of red wine. And when he came on at about nine o'clock at night and played till two o'clock in the morning, um, you know, we, we had an absolute ball. But uh, so we'll have to make sure we get another one of those happening. Maybe in the curfew might might cut it off around three o'clock in the morning instead of once we can push things out a little bit more, guys. But you're all you're all being invited. Absolutely. Sounds good. Can't wait to do it. Um, guys, this has been a great opportunity to get together and have a chat. Um, fair to say we're making this up as we go a little bit uh, technically challenged here and there but uh, that's all part of putting this together um, More than Ryan uh, yeah absolutely um, I hope that I hope that uh, punter or that that bets come good Glenn um, off all those texts <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's hope but Ryan why don't you uh, why don't you give us one more um, just to play out to uh, to before we finish up um, right. Once again, I'd like to thank you, Ryan, for coming on um, as a first guest. Um, <laughs> and uh, Glenn's uh, checked out for a second. Um, <laughs> great to, uh, to to have you on again, as I said, um, and be able to uh, 
to feature you in this first show and uh, we hope you you can be one artist of many to come on board and uh we might even let you uh talk to talk to us about who who else we can find out there as another artist i know i've found some out byron bay way and all sorts of uh places that i i knew there was music happening but haven't had a chance to get there personally um so i'd love to hear i mean one of the big discovered talents out uh, your way recently is the teskey brothers um what an absolute superstar band they've turned out to be and will continue to be and we hope yeah berkey uh do we do you claim that one (laughs) <laughs> uh, just <laughs> just found the guy's wife, Luke. It was uh, we were having a my wife's one of her significant birthdays. It must have been her twenty first or something. I think it was God, but um, it was fifteen or fourteen years ago, and we had Dean and Carruthers playing, and these uh, these young whippersnappers just off the street were playing at the market. And I said, "Hey guys, do you want to you want to play a gig?" And they were fourteen and fifteen, and I said, "Oh, that that'll be great." So they come and played and. Played for an hour and we gave them their first ever paid gig. It was at my bride's uh, at my bride's That's birthday awesome. supporting Dean and Crothers. So haven't they Super. kicked on? Yeah, what a great story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a great story. From, but but, but that we can just find a few more of those. No royalties. That just, that just shows in <laughs> no, no royalties though. <laughs> that shows in anything. You give someone opportunity and a bit of belief, and as laid back as it might be at someone's house as a twenty first. 50th wedding, whatever it might be, how once they get that belief, then to go on with it. Absolutely. So mm. uh, let's talk about going on with it. And uh, we've rambled a little bit in certain spots, but uh, we'd love to hear you uh, you see us out, Ryan, with uh, right. with a, a song from – Take, give us a little intro first and, uh, and off you go. Uh, I'm going to do what I always do at gigs, which is probably to my detriment, but I'm going to play something that's brand new that I wrote a couple of days ago. Um, you just don't uh, want us to sing along, Ryan. That's the problem. Uh, yeah. Um, that's why he always plays his new stuff, so I don't sing along with him. <laughs> I um, I wrote this the other day. I think the whole COVID – I'm playing this now because I think it's appropriate – in relation to so much of what you guys have chatted about today. Um, it's kind of about, it was, it's written about people in COVID, I suppose you would say. It was, sorry, it's written because of that. And specifically I was on the phone. There's a friend of mine that I chat to every week who's been diagnosed with, with cancer and he's having chemotherapy at the moment. And at the end of our conversation the other day, he said, oh, you'll have to, he said, you'll have to sing me a song down the phone someday or something. And then I got off the phone and I wrote this song. So um, it's not specifically about any of those things, but it's that's the brain zone that I was in when I wrote it. Um, tentatively, it's called called King Lake Lane. That sorry, King Lake Rain. That's only because it says that in it. That hasn't got a problem. So I'm trying to tune and talk at the same time. <laughs> I don't know how this will translate over the internet, cause the, uh, but we'll see. All right, here we go. So and. It's friggin' new, so I don't know why the hell I'm playing this, but anyway, here we go. Oh, yeah, I was going to say one more thing. Um, Berkey, you, you guys, one of you guys said to me earlier, Aaron, you said, like, what you asked about things I was listening to, and I mentioned the band The Black Crows, and they're not, you wouldn't hear it in my music, but I think a song like this shows the kind of Crows and Rolling Stones influence in the guitar playing, even though it doesn't sound like it, but you can kind of, if you know that those bands, you'd know that. God, I talk too much. I'll stop and play. Thank you. 
Northeast of Melbourne, down long winding roads, under towering mountain ash, seem the right place to go. Heart and heart, the world torn apart. Climbed in the fog, closed the door, and the tears poured. Like that kingly grain. Can all find ourselves in trouble and only hold out so long. The time it takes, what's at stake can blind you until you find you made it through to the other side. You made it through to the other side. Leaving the car behind Rain soaked to the bone Clambering through the ferns In the bush alone The live was calling, calling I felt the past drifting behind Clarity in nature, can hear a troubled mind, and it sure healed mine. We can all find ourselves in trouble, and only hold out so long. Time it takes, what's at stake can blind you until you find you made it through to the other side. You made it through to the other side.
don't know how it's going to end. That's fantastic. Round of applause. Even though it's quite Ryan Sterling. Sorry. Even though it's very raw and whatever, it's because like I forget it brought together trees, which we've talked about. It brought together King Lake, which we you know that's in the whole mm. area that we've talked about, and uh, it brought together the Rolling Stones and the Black Crow. I don't know. Anyway. Thank you so much hey. for having me. Really appreciated, and oh. thank you so much for all coming to my gigs. Like, I don't know if you know how much it means to me, like to see lovely faces of people that I didn't know that I'm I've learnt to know. It's really appreciated. So, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I think definitely one thing. One thing, Ryan, is uh, your ability to just engage an audience. While the audiences haven't been huge in some re- respects, so I think <laughs> that's the, uh, to, that's to have. That yeah, and and to be fair to you, mate, uh, you've been put on sometimes as a very early part of the gig, and not necessarily a headline. And I, I think that's always uh, that's always a challenge for any any uh, event um, to put together. What how does the list work? But there's there's no doubt um, you're better than an, you're better than a first a first on stage, so to speak. And uh, and I, absolutely, there's going to be plenty of times where you're headlining uh, to come, Ryan and. Uh, I think your ability to engage the audience, to come out and say hello and, and uh, have a drink and, and actually thank people that are there um, is a testament to, to you and, and yourself as an artist. And I wish you all the best and can't wait to get to the next gig. Oh, thank you so much. Well said, mate. Yeah. Great. Great yeah. work. Good nice words, Aaron. Fantastic, Ryan. Really good, mate. As always. Thanks, Glenn. Thank you. Cool. Well, go and have all a right, life now. Uh, get off there. Get off, Ryan. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, um, you're getting rid of me. All right, see you later. <laughs> go, and en- go and enjoy your, go and enjoy your Saturday night, mate. Yeah, cool. Thanks Thank for you coming so much, on, guys. Good luck with the show. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, uh, you've already mentioned two like great artists um, that you can have on there. So you know, yeah. I'll Might be the request out at the top. Let's go way through, mate. <laughs> all right, thank you, you so much. You guys. Can only Take go care. downhill from here, mate. Absolutely. Cheers, Ryan. Thanks, mate. I feel See you, buddy. Right, take care, guys. Bye-bye. See you, buddy. Berkey, how, how lucky were you to have uh, Ryan on as, as the first special guest? Oh, he's a perler. He's a, look, just a lovely, self-effacing guy. He doesn't realise his own talent. A lot of these guys in the same have this in the same boat. Don't realise how good they are. Hopefully, um, hopefully we we can get a few more people to have a look at their stuff and buy their albums and go and see their gigs when we can finally get out there and see some gigs. Absolutely. And we put Ryan's link down the bottom if, in case you haven't looked. Uh, RyanSterling.bandcamp.com. Check it out. Uh, and also on Facebook, Ryan Sterling Music. Check it out and um, you'll be glad you did, I'm sure, if that wasn't a little taste today. So, Berkey, thanks for coming on board. Show number one. Um, it's been good to have a well, chat. Not that we're all big, big on titles, Berkey, but I think you have got, I think you will be our music guru, just a general guru <laughs> in music. <laughs> I like to put the, have the, put the cowboy hat on. <laughs> I, I fancy myself as a bit of a music trivia person, but as I've got older and hopefully a little more mm-hmm. humble, I need to take off my hat to the correct people. And I think you might have that mantle well and truly covered, mate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah well, thanks, let's uh, let's let's keep that one uh, for another for another show because uh, Berkey's definitely good at the trivia. So, uh, Glenn, will give you a little bit of homework to see if you can uh, come up with something to stump Berkey because he's uh, he's pretty good. He's the reigning rock whiz oh, champ at the moment. So, let's uh, see. <laughs> so, Berkey, thanks for coming on, mate, and uh, we'll have a chat soon. Oh, Cheers, Berkey. Great to see you, Berkey. Cheers, man. Bye. See you guys. 
Well, mate, gold. four, four becomes that? two. And uh, what a great way to spend a, an hour on a Saturday, hey? Um, we, we said this was probably going to be uh, 35, 40 minutes maybe, um, how quickly it can go by. We could sit there and, and listen to Ryan for the rest of the night, no doubt. But uh, what a talent he is. Great kid. How good is it? And I touched on bases, I said, you heard me say, talking about obviously Jack's talent with the photography. And, and when you watch someone with a talent, whether it's sport, whether it's painting, whether it's playing the guitar, Ryan is so, as Berkey said, so self-effacing. He apologises when he gets it wrong. For you and I to sit and listen to it, it's gold. Yeah, look, at, there's no doubt at the end of it. Uh, we always say to Ryan, mate, you're the only one that knows it's wrong, mate. So <laughs> uh, like, a, like a bad joke, mate, it's, uh, it's nothing like that. You know when a bad joke's gone down. Um, you're pretty good at your dad jokes yourself, but uh, oh, Ryan Ryan is an incredible talent. And you talk about your son before, like art's art, and there's so many different forms of it. But um, it's great to have some good mates of mine come on board and family to say good day. And um, I hope I hope we can spread this kind of message. Uh, this show was concocted um, very quickly on a on a couple of walks around Monty to say good day and <laughs> um, see who else we knew. And we we had a chat about. So I wonder what Berkey's doing, and I said, "Well, why don't we, uh, why don't we just go to the masses and see who jumps on and says says hello?" And and it's a chance to just talk about uh, life in general, um, and that's kind of how we'll progress the idea of the show. Um, we're lucky. Um, I didn't actually think Ryan would be ready to go first show in. Uh, we just really touched base and said, "Who who who do you think we can get?" Um, Berkey's obviously got a plethora of great muso friends. Um, and so, and yourself and and myself in, in amongst the networks we've got. So it'd be great to be able to feature some, I believe, world world uh, wide talent. Um, yeah, really, I mean, cool. as far from a quality yeah, point of view, um, Ryan's very inspired by the Rolling Stones. And look, it, it's only marketing what changes uh, who gets to the top these days. So the raw talent's raw talent, and uh, Ryan's got spades of it for sure. Oh, but we've only got to look at that. Um, the song of the year from uh, 2000, the former Brewster from Montmorency. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just whether or not they get discovered, and and the discovery can be a, a sliding doors moment. They walk. Yeah, absolutely. Like Simple as that. And that's... So, look, no doubt, our our uh, the show uh, was kind of quickly, very quickly working titled. Uh, so, what's been happening? Um, I think at that. Could stick. Uh, let's see, but uh, let's throw just oh, look, a little I'm, ten. I think that's a really good title. That that title works very well. Yeah. What's interesting? It's uh, it's always one of those ones you ask someone as you walk past them. The classics. G'day. How are you? Hi. And you get the same answer back. Hi and g'day. And you never go any further. Um, yep. And a lot of this conversation. So what's been happening? And you you used to always get the comment. Oh, not much. And that's very very much an Aussie. Uh, infam- um, uh, word would would come across. Uh, oh yeah, not much. But in fact, actual fact for co- in during this lockdown and COVID, we can generally say not much <laughs> has been happening. So I suppose thank God that we've had sport uh, come on board um, and AFL and NRL yeah. and and I know you're not really into American sports other than basketball, but um, what a plethora of sport uh, we've got on oh, tap. Cool. Um, and and how good's the AFL? Yeah, that's the amazing thing thing with the World Book. Look, 
I'm only 50, but I'm a bit dinosaurish with my internet stuff. But it's great when something's not on. If you don't want to watch the movie on pay to, on normal or pay TV, hop on a web. There's always something you can a doco about sport or a live game or something on somewhere. Whether it's as you said, NBA, the Premier League soccer's about to start again tomorrow. AFL still going, and as much as people say. Oh, the AFL's not the same this year as other years. The majority still the majority of people will still have a check out of it. Have a look at it. That's right. Oh, yep. See that score you see the score from yesterday's game, or you see that incident, whatever. And that's Yeah, so just that's a just a couple cool. of things on, on the AFL. Um I know you're a you're a mad bombers man. Uh let's declare that now and I'm a yeah, mad put, demon put it and, and we it could I come down to the last round of uh the battle of the worst. Uh, for a final spot and who, who's going to get whacked by the most come first round of the finals uh, if we happen to get there. But um, I thought that an interesting one from this week uh, was this one that, that got posted. Uh, the giant skipper admitted for for the clash against the Ds. Uh, what do you read into that one? Look, it's been – well, that's probably the biggest omission this week. Like Absolutely. A it's a big story. Being a, a captain who – at times this year, his form hasn't been fantastic, but he's had that on the captain, so I'm not going to get dropped, so to speak. And then there was a, a comment he made for sort of before half time about in one of the games where he said, look, we really had to make a big cons- conscientious effort to be hard, head over the footy, 30 seconds into the th- third quarter, second half, he had a contest. Didn't quite go as possibly as hard as he could have. Brought some, I think, a little bit of unwanted attention to himself in the sort of for the from the media and, and others. And then again, as you said, he gets dropped this weekend. I, I suppose that's the that's the thing about COVID because there's not a, the sports still on, but we can get on things like this and chat about it. I think that makes the isolation it puts the heat on players a bit more unjustly. Games aren't as Absolutely. long. Absolutely. I think it's been, yep. you know, the, the 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 fact that games aren't as long now. Um, we're yep. playing multiple games in a week, yep. which is unlike, yep. very unlike uh, yep. the, the AFL model. Um, I think it's been a super effort by the AFL to keep this uh, keep this process going with a bubble environment, which has worked well. Um, but, look, it's, it's creeping to the line and we just hope we can get there. Um, but what a great place to be with uh, the AFL Grand Final confirmed and a start time start what time. Uh, what do you think about a night grand final look I'm, I'm not convinced on it yet but i haven't seen a night grand final either so i know there's a lot of negativity around the jew yeah. and the idea of the jew yeah. and it's going to be a spoiled spectacle and kane corns is very quick to yeah. to kill off the grand final saying how terrible the spectacle it's going to be obviously super jealous that it hasn't ended up in uh, south australia but uh, look, I think it's a massive, great opportunity um, to be reward. First of all, um, reward Queensland, um, and I'd love to see next year it goes to South Australia, and the year after to WA, and then we settle back into Melbourne. Look, sadly, that's not going to happen because uh, politics and money are going to come into that. But um, I, I think those three states really do deserve uh, the ability to host a grand final. Um, what do you think on that? Well, as much as 
we are not America, we are not the UK, you've got to look at models of how they run things. NBA. Yeah, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl one, um, NBA, Bowl, yeah, pretty yeah, much all this stuff move around. Yep. Now, you can't compare the dollar value of the NBA or the NFL to the AFL. We, but keep in mind, not, keep in mind, Glenn. Yeah, just keep in mind though that TV rights, yeah. uh, one of the biggest TV rights deals around, um, especially yeah. per per head per capita. So, um, look, we can't underestimate that, and and I think it should be a spectacle, no matter where it is. And you and you've got to please as much as you mightn't agree that you've got to please the majority. You've got to please the majority. So if you're if it's called the Australian Football League. You need to be able to say if the best team wins the grand final, they should get the benefits of hosting a home final and then not so much hosting the grand final, but I'm a firm believer in that where possible that the grand final should possibly be played at a neutral venue. And as you said, look, the Super Bowl is a perfect example of that, how they do that. Yep. Yeah, look, a neutral venue is a good idea. You can declare it early. You can say right away now, we can give them 12 months and we can say, Perth, you're next um, yep. to be able to – and there's a, there's a big chance WA uh, a team could make the grand final, more likely West Coast yep. Um, yep. or only likely West Coast this year, um, but you never know during a, a, during a year. But, um, look, there's, there's one other here that uh, – the Saints and West Coast, and I wouldn't say that was a surprise in the end, but uh, what do you think? Do you think the Saints – just have lost their touch a little bit and they're going to struggle now? Look, again, like I said before, because there's so much time and speaking, I maybe touching, talking to you during the week, one of the guys, um, I think it was Jake Lever, said on a podcast, on a Demons podcast, where they're staying in the hub at the moment, his room's next door to Scott Pendlebury and someone else from another club. So they're all doing the same sort of thing. That most of the times they're playing on on neutral grounds, I think the Saints have showed a vast improvement from last year. However, you look at that result: fifteen points, what's it? Two two and a half kicks. There's not a lot in it. In most of the games this year, there's been moments in each game where either side has dominated for a period of time. It's just the side that's been able to do. Thing, the basics right for the longer period of time. Perfect example yep. last night, Geelong and Richmond. Now, if someone said to you, I'm going to back one side to win the flag up until last night, most people would split between sort of Geelong and Richmond. But then... Now, obviously, that was a blowout early. Yeah. Um, but 7.15, there's no doubt that cost the Tigers. Um oh. And like it does, bad kicking's bad footy. But uh, they're still a powerhouse, Richmond, no doubt. Um, and they looked up and going. There were the big, some big marks taken. Um, oh. Two big injuries from that game uh, could could really cost so, them. You lose a ruckman and you lose a big forward. Uh, we talked about the the uh, impact of Mason Cox and as a ruckman and Brody Brody um, Grundy. Um, look, you take you take them out. You take my check out. Collingwood are in trouble. Uh, they might get a couple back, but look, the big men don't get any smaller. So that's going to be a challenge coming into finals. And Nick Nat uh, for the West Coast is is definitely hit, hit, hitting his straps. Um, and there'll be a few others, that's for sure. So um, look, another another massive signing in, or, or um, 
news in the last kind of 24 hours is uh, the great Silk Sean Burgoyne. Uh, One more he's committed to. Um, I think that's absolutely fantastic to see, isn't it? And someone uh, put this together for Hawthorne today. And how good does that look? Um, Possibly go down as one of the greatest Indigenous players um, of our time. And, And hasn't he survived? Like he... His ability to be not, not get those injuries um, has obviously been a testament to why he's been such a good player for so long. Oh, look, you you watch a player like him and you the ability to reinvent himself. If you look at his time in a good side at Port, premiership player with them, I'm shot, my knee's no good, no dodginess, that's what it is. Great um show of faith from Hawthorne to first get him on the list and then to have him play in the roles that he played in their three-peat success. Amazing. And and then yep, now if you, if, you watch, if you watch the game a bit now or games he's been in, a lot of people say, well Burgoyne's influence isn't as great. And I agree, but it's not so much with him the number of touches, it's what he's doing to the young blokes he plays with. And I yeah, think that's absolutely. the hardest when you look at sport, sport in general now, whether it's footy, whether it's NBA basketball, where we live in a stats-driven world. Whereas if you look at some of the blokes who say the key forwards at the moment, they might only touch the ball seven times. But if you know, Tom Hawkins last night's not a great example, but if he touches the ball seven times, kicks three goals and gives away two more, you're going to take that every day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had uh, front page of the Herald Sun today, uh, hear us roar. So they're getting a little bit excited, the Tigers. Um, they might want to say just keep push the lid down a little bit for a moment because you're not there yet, boys. you got a little bit to do and you're dismissing the power of Port at the moment. And haven't they been a juggernaut? I think the surprise packet of the year. Um, but... Have they got enough when it really counts? I know you're a doubter. Oh, look, I'm a doubter, but also watching Richmond last night and obviously being a Bombers fan, I watched Essendon play Port later today. Port's greatest strength is, can you tell me Port's best player? Most people, either they're not sure who the players are or they name three or four blokes. Yep, and I think that's the power of Port right now. Oh, they're, a, they're a combined unit. They're a big set yeah. of jumper leads, so to speak, and you don't know who's going to jump and give the spark. Um, and I think that's the great part about Port at the moment. But when it gets a little bit testy and we get to – if they get to the grand final, will it overwhelm them? That's the question. Well, the biggest thing for Port, and I'll bring in another side who we spoke about earlier, West Coast. If you look, for, look at Port, the way they have uh, taken on the challenges of this year has in, had a positive sort of impact on how they've gone about the year, if that makes sense. So sure. it's a tough year for everybody, not just sports people, for everybody. You yep. look at well, wow, interesting, Coast, interesting. You put in that that front part of the article there. It's too tough, yeah. and it's yeah. it's and he's up Dan, and he's uh, yeah. he's copying bullets everywhere, but. There's no doubt it's been a tough year for everyone. And yeah. I think the heat the heat that would be on politically, if things something like the AFL wasn't going and the NRL 
Uh, at least people have got a little bit of an outlet. And so the plan for this show was to jump on board, have a chat, uh, see who jumps on, see who wants to say hello. Um, And there's some great friends of mine that have jumped on and said hello. Um, So uh, hello to all them. Um, And we hope you can join us again and we can make a second show out of this. But um, I think one of the great things that's come out of the bubble is is this, which uh, four guys from four clubs um, have become united uh, kind of as buddies. And Gary Ablett has taken them under their wing. And I think it's unbelievable to see someone like Jade Gresham, who's a up-and-coming superstar, and he's very highly rated uh, at St Kilda. But to be able to be sit under Gary's wing for a little while and have a chat about life, and and uh, put put Jade, who's an injured injured kid now, sadly, um, and won't see the rest of the season. So kind of lucky that Saints aren't going to be there because he'd be devastated not to be able to play. But what a what a great time to be in that bubble um, and be able to train and see how these other guys go about their footy. Well, you, you see, you see things in football, but in life, we live in a world where people like to comment on a photo they see. They don't know behind the photo, they see a photo. And on the coverage of the footy last night, they showed a photo. And in that photo, there was Sam Wanigan, who was an assistant coach at Richmond, former AFL player at Essendon. Obviously, you had Gary Ablett. You had Jared Ruffhead. You had Dan Hannibury. Christian may have been there as well. I didn't say all of them, but the common cause. Now, when the balls bounce today at 10 past five for Essendon and Port Adelaide, they'll go hammer and tong. But I love it. And I, as a parent, former footy coach, former player myself, I love it that before a game, they shake hands. Or a lot of clubs, teams now shake hands. After the game, they have a chat. You see some commentators say, oh, how can they be laughing during a game and whatever? At the end of the day, and I am passionate, and my friends, when they come on, will probably remind me of this. At the end of the day, it's a game. So if you find a way to make light of the game, by all means, and, if, and especially now with what's come out of this year and what they, what we're all going through, it's easy to say, oh, God, why are they laughing? Why did Dyson Heppel let Irving Mosquito make a joke? Well, I'd rather Dyson Heppel do that than grab him by the neck and say, what's going on, mate? Yeah, look, I, I think we've seen very little uh, wrestles and fisticuffs in the last, in this season, probably uh, in any. So I think that's been a great positive out of the game. But look, there's one, there's one messiah that's being called. Uh, to try and help the bombers, I believe, and uh, <laughs> with this little article here, and and what's the chances? We're we're trying to bring back Kevin now. Is that is that back in Essendon, or is that just back involved in footy to promote footy? Look, the classic thing when someone supports a football team. Now, I've met Mark Robinson on a couple of occasions, and Mark Robinson very is a man who's paid to give an opinion. So, I do I agree with all Mark's opinions? Possibly not, but it's. Um, Kevin Sheedy with Essendon, it's a bit like who was the best James Bond for our vintage. Was it Sean Connery or was it Roger Moore? Now, I know we've had Daniel Craig and others since those times. Kevin Sheedy's done an amazing thing for the Essendon Football Club. He did an amazing thing for the Richmond Football Club. Also, if you speak to people involved at GWS, he did amazing things there when, they, when that club was in its infancy as well. 
Um, I know the Sheedy family quite well. I'll put that out there first. I think it's wonderful to have Kevin involved at the club, by all means, but at some stage, the Essendon Football Club have to take responsibility for their actions. Previous, present and going forward. And at the end of the day, as you know, Aaron, you're a Melbourne supporter. Doesn't matter what team you support from an AFL point of view, NBA point of view, Premier League point of view. Because the sport's under the microscope, I should say, when we're watching it, when we get beaten by 10 goals by Geelong, the best players look slow. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen. If we come out and beat Port, all of a sudden the focus goes off us and goes on to someone else. So, yep. oh, look, I think I think Essendon, they're not a bad side. I think the biggest thing that they need to work on, for my passionate supporter for a long time, but as a sport lover and football lover, they need to find what their brand is. I think for whatever sure. reason, they've lost their brand. And that's it. I know. So are they, to, to put it, Put it bluntly to you, mate. Are they any chance today against Port? Oh, look! I know, I know. It's a two-horse race at the end of the day. Yeah, and look, Port are due for a loss. Yeah, always a chance. Like, look, a lot of people speak in, in coaching football terms, and I was involved in a football club, and I put out there, Churnside Park. We didn't win a game for a period of eighteen months. Now, I believe you even pulled the boots well, on. I did to help out there. Were they a bad football club? Were they a bad football side? Not at all. Were they a bad bunch yep. of blokes? Not at all. We had, There was a lot of factors that contributed to the year that we had, but I, I still have a respect for the for the blokes who put on the jumpers at that club, as I have for other clubs I've been involved in. As you said, it's yeah, there's no doubt. Today, Port, Port Nesseton. Yep. Look, we're very lucky to be involved in a sport that's uh, that we love. Um, we've grown up with, and you've played a fair bit of footy yourself. Um, I played only only to the junior kind of level footy, and and took a path into basketball. Um, but but loved my sport. Um, and look, I just hope Melbourne GWS can can have a have a battle at least, yeah. Uh, and and bring us to a point where Melbourne Essendon becomes a a probably game of the game of the year to to try and sneak a well, final. Who knows. Well, the, the thing with Essendon and, and Melbourne as well, like apart from, I think, North and Fremantle, there's not many games this round and next round that won't have some sort of shape of how the eight finishes up. Yep. So so if you can't make the eight, and mathematically I think Essendon still can, obviously Melbourne still can, I think Carlton and the Doggies still can, GWS still can, that's as much as people mightn't, give the AFL ticks in many ways, that's the, the positives I take out of this year. We've had a 17-season year. We've all played each other. So as much as yep. it's trying you, it's actually a fair year. I'll finish on one thought of there's there's a rumour circulating, which beautifully the AFL test this at the top yeah, before they're good. They're this good. little leak. They're very good. And uh, one of the ones is they're talking about a 26-round potentially, and um, to have shortened quarters again. I think yep. the shortened quarters have affected the quality of the game. Um, what I suppose the quality of the game I'm referring to is the openness of it 
and the ability to goal score and the fact that opens up in that last 10 minutes that have been cut out of the game. Uh, 26 rounds, I think too many, although people talk about the uh, equality of trying to play everyone twice. So do we go out to a 30-plus round season? I don't know. The NRL seem to be able to do it. Yes, the NRL do do it, but I suppose we live in a, a, a country and the NRL do it, for sure. The English Premier League seem to play forever in their league as well. To me, ideally, perfect world, we play each other twice. West Coast play Essendon at the G, Essendon play West Coast at the Opera Stadium. Yeah, look, that, as you know, that's the perfect world. That's Will the perfect it happen? world. There you to go. Me, I, I like the idea of 17 rounds and then the blockbusters, like, you know, how they have the the showdown, the Q clash of maybe top that. That's the next six sort of rounds. And to be totally honest, do I want to have 20 games in 20 days? Possibly not. But at times this year, that's worked quite well. Because they're yeah, all look, dealing I, with it. I think way. our there's no doubt our players aren't ready to play two games a week, no, and I no. think that's that's tough on them, even with shortened yeah. quarters. Uh, I think we've got to stop toying with it. Obviously, this has been one year that it's been yeah. something we've had to tweak and get through, and I think the AFL's done a great job to do that. I think now it's time to get to back, get back to stop stuffing with the game, stop changing the rules, yep. let's settle this in, and let's try and build the game back to where it was again. Yeah, that's a fair call because I, I think. The biggest thing for rules, and if my my friends hear and see this would know, look, my biggest bugbear is there's not many other sports in the world where the interpretation of common rules in the game get tweaked, not week to week, game to game almost. And yeah, absolutely. Can be, for the people trying to administrate the game, that must be a nightmare for the umpires and for the players. And you watch, you watch the two games this evening, this afternoon, this evening. The umpire will blow the whistle. And I'm not blaming the umpires here. I know as supporters we tend to do that, but the umpires will blow the whistle, and the players all stop and look and think, "Oh, one, why was that a free kick, and who's the free kick for?" So that's that's my thing. I understand the tweak for this year. I think let's work with the 17 rounds as it is and then, okay, once round 18 comes about, to me, it starts again. So if Essendon played West Coast in round one in Perth, round 18, West, and then I like the idea with the rolling fixture. Sure. So the last six games of the year are the first reverse of the first six games. And next year... It does that, and then that's. I know things happen in the in the world, and things change. But if you've got that structure with it, everyone knows what it is. Yep. So All right. No so our plan, our plan. It's been great to chat, Glenn, and let, let's have a chat. Uh, let's try and do this again in hopefully a week's time. We'll pick a time yep. slot where we can get a few people, more people involved. Obviously, yep. we've tested this on a on a Saturday afternoon just before the footy, which I think is a good intro. No one's everyone sure. sitting on the couch ready to watch some footy. So it's been good to finish with a footy chat. Um, look, this this show could go anywhere. It's a show about nothing, but it's also a show about everything. Um, thanks for coming on board, Glenn, and, oh, and it's been good board. to have a chat. And 
once again, thanks to Berkey. I'd love to have him on again. And Ryan Sterling. And uh, say no more. It's been a great show. Thanks, Glenn. Fantastic, mate. Let's, have a chat, uh, buddy. We'll speak soon. Let's have a good week. See you, mate. See you.